do you love about being a graphic designer? I love being able to give people everyday experiences of wow. Okay, okay, that's cool. I started my creative life as a musician. And when I write a song, I can really channel something that is deep and lifelong. A desire for feeling connected, a desire for feeling safe. Those are deep, lifelong emotions that human beings have. But when I'm doing a piece of graphic design, let's say I'm doing a label for a spirit. When you pull that spirit off of the shelf and you look at it, maybe you're pouring it for yourself, maybe you're pouring it for a friend. If it's beautifully designed, in that moment, that beauty reflects on you. You feel a little bit more beautiful, a little bit more elegant. Your friend perceives that you are serving them something beautiful, so they feel like an honored guest. Design is great for giving people everyday moments of wow or joy. And that's really important. Welcome to Scotch Parlor. I'm Rick Scotch, your host of the Scotch Parlor podcast, where we capture lifestyles and share stories of inspiring people that bring motivation, knowledge, and entertainment to our community. Life is good. Let's get started. Welcome to Scotch Parlor. I'm your host, Rick Scotch, on the Scotch Parlor podcast. Today, I have graphic designer and creative Matthew Wine. Matthew has a blog called lettersandliquor.com. His Instagram account is at Letters and Liquor. Go check it out so you can see his art. It's awesome. He combines his love for lettering with his love for cocktails. But beyond just running Letters and Liquor, he does graphic design work for clients like Uber, Facebook, St. George Spirits. And he's also been recognized in People Magazine, Playboy, The Atlantic, and other publications. His style is very distinctive, elegant, yet creative. I love Matthew's work, and I'm super pumped to have you share your story today. Thanks for being here, and I'll pass it on to you for your intro. Thank you very much. I'm very excited to be here. Uh, that intro was fantastic. All right. I'm feeling a little bit embarrassed. <laughs> hey, that's your, that's your, that's your resume, man. <laughs> Proud of it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, definitely uh, got some color coming into my cheeks. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. no. So, again, welcome for being here on the Scotch Powder Podcast. Thank you. What we'll do is uh, we'll set up some just foundation questions to kind of Great. just give an idea of who you are. And they're just quick questions. Are you an early riser or a night owl? Night owl all the way. All right. Are you... Did you Coffee drinker? Coffee, cream only. Cream only, all right. And we'll talk about little cars. Classic or exotic car or motorcycle or just screw it. I just take Uber and Lyft. I have restored two mid-70s Dodge Darts. Dude, that's awesome. One of which I wrapped around a telephone pole on the New Jersey Turnpike. Okay. <laughs> the other of which I sold to a nice gentleman out in the sunset. All right. Okay. All right. Classics yeah. it is. Yeah. All right. And then it fits the occasion very well, but what is your cocktail of choice as of uh, right now, I should say? An old pal. Okay. Well, Are you familiar with the old I am pal? not. An old pal has the same formula as the Negroni, uh -huh. but you start with rye whiskey as your base instead of gin, and you use dry vermouth instead of sweet vermouth. And so you get that bold spice from the rye, you get the wonderfully bright bitters in the Campari, and then the dry vermouth acts as a bridge between the two. It's a perfect marriage. Oh, all right. That's another one I have to put on my list to try. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I'd be happy to serve you one. All right. Anytime. Let's do it. All yeah. right. Cool, cool, cool. So, all right. Perfect. Well, that, that's the kind of foundation of who you are a little yeah. bit. So, but we'll go back into, uh, so where are you originally from? 
I was born in Chicago, Illinois, and then my dad got transferred to Atlanta, Georgia. So I ended up living in Atlanta from third grade until I finished high school. Oh, wow. Okay. 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 And then when, so then when did you get over to the Bay Area? Then like, I moved around a lot after I left high school. I went to college in Indiana. Oh, wow. Okay. I wanted to get back to the Midwest and what I felt were my roots. After Indiana, I moved to Athens, Georgia. I was playing music at the time. All of my friends had gone to the University of Georgia, and that's the city that gave rise to REM. Mm -hmm. Okay. Actually got to give my CD to Michael Stipe, lead singer of R.E.M. Okay. Uh, saw him out one day and uh, gave him a CD. He was very gracious. I performed a lot of shows in Athens, uh, but ultimately I ended up leaving to join a girlfriend in New York City. All right. When I got to New York City, I was pretty burned out on music. All right. I decided I was going to be a painter. Got a job working construction in the Sunday Times and started teaching myself the history of art. I would go to the library, get a couple of books, read those books on the train, going to work, coming back from work, and then I would just paint all weekend. Hmm. Two years later, she and I broke up. I was tired of being a starving artist. I didn't think I could go out and get another girlfriend with no real job. Mm -hmm. And so I went back to school and got a degree in graphic design. Okay. And then uh, looked all over the country, trying to find where I fit. And when I got to San Francisco, I knew that this is the place I wanted to be. Wow! Yeah. Wow! So you—that's awesome, though. You have a lot of little areas of oh, where you experience cultures and yeah. life. That's, that's cool. Yeah. Well, that—I mean—that kind of—that also goes into like probably your creative background and stuff like that. It has influences as far as where oh, you yeah. see stuff. Yeah, I've and, been influenced by a lot of different places, which yeah, I so think really helps. That is cool. So then, what year did you come to San Francisco? What? What? Twenty ten. Twenty ten. Okay. I first visited in two thousand and eight. Uh huh. Tried to get a job here. It didn't happen. Mm -hmm. And uh, two years later, I finally got hired as an art director at an advertising agency called Venables Bell & Partners. Okay. okay. That job did not last very long. Uh -huh. And uh, that was the second time I had been let go. I'd had two full-time jobs in advertising, and uh -huh. I'd been let go from both of them. And I was like, okay, maybe I'm supposed to be an independent creative <laughs> Okay. Like maybe this is telling me something. Yeah, took it as a sign. And I have been independent ever since. Wow, see, things happen for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy. So then, it, I mean, it sounds like you've also, you've you've had a lot of, you've always been a creative in some aspect. Was there anything in your life as you were younger where you were like, you know, I I want to do this yeah. for the rest of my life? What, what yeah, was I was that? in second grade. I wrote a song on my parents' piano. They recorded it on this cheap little tape player and entered it in a school contest and I won Okay. as a second grader competing against third, fourth, and fifth graders. And I went to some regional contest and I think I placed second. And I can still remember the feeling of winning mm -hmm. and I can remember going to that regional contest and being in this dark room really early in the morning uh, with my mom. And I just had a sense of, I'm good at this. I love the way this feels. And this is what I'm going to do. That's dope. And that was it. That was it, huh? That was right. it. Your creative journey began from there. Yeah, it was that <laughs> very early moment of success. That success, I just wanted to keep chasing that feeling. Cool. All right. And yeah. recognition, feeling recognized. Uh-huh. Uh, creating comes really naturally to me. 
but I, I do live for that feeling of recognition. Which is odd because when you read my intro, I felt embarrassed by all the recognition <laughs> that you were saying. Right, obviously. So there's like a, I crave it. I'm just embarrassed about it when it's made public. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Well, I mean, as a creator, I mean, you do want to show, you want to show your work, and because yes. it's a lot of it's a lot of time and yes. hard work goes into your your creative whatever you may be creating. Yeah. So yeah, no, absolutely, and that probably explains why you chosen graphic design because yeah. of the fact that you are working for you know with big companies as far as yeah. uh, recognized brands and they need to be recognized due to your yeah. creative work. So make it all it makes sense. You both want recognition. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. If we can both work toward that, that's a shared goal. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So then when you got, so after the advertising agency, when you had the, um, when it was assigned for you to be on your own, be independent, how did Wine Enterprises, and then if you want to start talking about letters and uh, letters and liquor, yeah. uh, how that all started. When I started my career in advertising, I was writing television commercials. Okay. And that is not my greatest strength. I can do an okay job at it. There are a lot of people who are a lot better than me. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I recognized that, I started asking myself, what could I be really good at? And the first thing I realized I could be good at was typography and lettering. Because other art directors would come to me and say, Matt, what font should I use for this? So when I left Venables Bell, I did two things. I started freelancing at agencies around the city. And I went out to New York City to do a type program at the Cooper Union. And I studied under Morisawa award-winning type designer Jean-Francois Porchet. All right. Who came over from France to teach us. It was a five-week intensive course. You're working 12, 14 hours a day. You're not sleeping very much. You are dreaming about fixing your typeface and then waking up depressed because you realized it was just a dream and those things didn't get fixed yet. <laughs> and after I came back from that program, I felt really empowered to go to whatever creative director I was working with and say, hey, anything typographic, I've got this training, I really wanna take it on. That started leading to some really beautiful work that I could show off. I designed the type that goes on the Facebook Studios Award uh, and the Facebook Studios Award is a cube cut out of wood with this aluminum F that's been extruded. And uh, the fact that I did the type on such a beautiful piece of art that people in my industry are trying to win uh, really helped open some doors. Mm -hmm. The second thing that happened, I fell in love with cocktails. I was working a job where we were producing a video I kept telling my client, we have to do pre-production. And my client said, I don't have time. I said, well, the shoot is not going to go well if we don't do pre-production. And that's exactly what happened. It was a terrible day. I hate being on a set, time going by. You know what you want to get, and you know you're not going to get it. It's a terrible feeling. Mm -hmm. So I leave the set, can't sleep all night because I'm upset about the job go to the airport next morning exhausted in a bad mood and I just need to get my mind off of it. So I stop at the kiosk and I get an Esquire magazine for the plane ride. David Wondrich has an article about how to make a perfect Manhattan. And then Josh Ozerski at the time had an article about how to pan sear a steak 
and then do a deglaze for a little sauce to put on top. I got home at two o'clock. I had just enough time to go out and get everything, surprise my wife with a nice dinner. And the thing that struck me was I was telling her stories about the cocktail. I didn't know the difference between rye whiskey and bourbon whiskey before I read this article. I had no idea what was in vermouth. I didn't know where cocktail bitters came from. And we had this whole conversation about those ingredients. And the storytelling aspect of building a cocktail from these esoteric ingredients hooked me. After that, I could not stop researching it. So I knew that I could be great as a graphic designer who focuses on type and lettering. I could be even greater if I had this expertise as someone who knew the history of cocktails inside and out. And so that led me to study cocktails until uh, I felt like I was ready to share my knowledge. And that gave birth to my blog, Letters and Liquor, which is a history of cocktails in 52 drinks, starting around 1690, ending around 1990. Yeah, no, it's dope. And then the, as far as in the artwork that goes with it, it's like, it's, it's, yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely, definitely the blog has, is legit. And then you're obviously nowadays Instagram. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> it's like, uh, I mean, just the, the, the work that goes behind it and the, uh, the history of it and the drinks. It's really cool. So, so yeah, no, that's awesome. That's awesome. What do you love about being a graphic designer? I love being able to give people everyday experiences of wow okay okay that's cool i started my creative life as a musician and when i write a song i can really channel something that is deep and lifelong a desire for feeling connected a desire for feeling safe those are deep lifelong emotions that human beings have but when I'm doing a piece of graphic design, let's say I'm doing a label for a spirit. When you pull that spirit off of the shelf and you look at it, maybe you're pouring it for yourself, maybe you're pouring it for a friend. If it's beautifully designed, in that moment, that beauty reflects on you. You feel a little bit more beautiful, a little bit more elegant. Your friend perceives that you are serving them something beautiful, so they feel like an honored guest. Design is great for giving people everyday moments of wow or joy. And that's really important. That's awesome. Yeah, no, absolutely. It creates an instant mood and ambiance, right? Instant that, mood. Just that label of what you're going to be drinking. It, it's that, that's that, okay. That's really cool. And then as far, I mean, this kind of goes touched on it, but as a creative, what does internally, what does creating do for you? I think it's what does creating do to me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, there you go. <laughs> I don't choose to create things. Uh, okay, okay. Things just arrive in my mind and say, you're going to make me whether you like it or not. Right. And I say, okay, <laughs> we'll find a way to make it happen because uh -huh. they knock on the door all the fucking time. Yeah. Sometimes it's overwhelming. Okay. Yeah. How, well, so then, okay, that leads into that. Then how do you still have, you have the passion for graphic design and doing your projects, right? And then you have, well, no, I want it this way. And then your creative mind wants to do it this way. Mm -hmm. But so how do you balance that as far as, you know, because you need to, you need to make money as far as on the commercial side. Why do you, that's one of the hardest things for me in my life. Yeah. I struggle with it all the time. I have been aware that that's a challenge for years. And I have tried to 
mitigate how much time I spend perfecting something and I'm still not great at it. Okay. I still don't sleep very much. Okay. <laughs> I could do a much better job of taking care of myself. Uh-huh. I have a hard time letting go of something until I feel like it's ready and it just takes hours and hours and hours for it to be ready and I can't keep myself from putting those hours in. Yeah. Now that I'm a dad, I'm going to have to find some way to turn it off. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I can't stay up all night like I used to. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, for sure. So then, because it is, it goes back to that, uh, the unicorn of perfection, right? You're always yeah. trying. It's like, it's almost that, you know, you want that perfection, but you almost can't catch it. But, but as on the business side, I understand where it's like, you have to, okay, it's done. And then you're, because then you go, you're going beyond the eye of, of you know what you, they won't see it <laughs> but that's just that's your work habit i mean that's your work ethic yeah, as far as that and the unicorn of perfection <laughs> it'll eat at me if it's not right yeah it will just eat at me I and see. eat at me until i can't sleep like i can't turn my head off enough to go to sleep yeah okay so okay it's okay. something that i struggle with oh, well, okay so then you say because i have this too <clears throat> where I have to if I'm I, if I'm doing some type of video edit or some photography edit for a while and then I'm about to go to bed. My mind, I just can't. I just can't. It's just going, going. So then I'll try to like read a book just to kind of you know change the the momentum. What do you do? You do anything specifically to kind of just to get your mind to calm down? And I have tried doing things like meditating, mm-hmm. vipassana meditation, focusing on my breath. I have tried using a foam roller. Okay. Okay. I have tried Yogi sleep. <laughs> and you say trying, so I don't know if these are, these are not having really successful. <laughs> these are experiments that have okay. now been relegated to the dust. Okay. 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 <laughs> I haven't found anything. Okay. Yet. Okay. <laughs> I know what you're saying. Okay. All right. All right. So then your process then. So what is your client comes up to you? I want a, uh, a logo. Mm-hmm. What is your process as far as being able to take their idea, their creative brief, and then you you put your spin on it? I mean, obviously they're coming to you because you have your style, but um, what is your process of being able to implement enough of you still yet still taking what they want? I have been very fortunate in that I have worked with so many creative clients and they become a collaborator and a creative partner. Mm-hmm. My process starts with a long period of conversation. I will ask them some basic questions. Do you have a vision for your logo? Are there any other logos that you have seen that feel right? Are there logos that your competitors have that you want yours to compare to in a certain way? They're just basic questions. Mm -hmm. And they're just there as a conversation starter. And then I just listen. I listen to what they say and I ask a follow-up question and another follow-up question and we let the conversation continue winding. And ideally we do that two or three times and in between I create a bunch of sketches by hand. It's important that they be by hand. My hands have a kind of knowledge that my mind will never have. My mind can picture something and then my hand starts moving and it moves in a different way than my mind pictured. And when I stand back and look at it, there's a wisdom there that would not have arrived if I were just thinking about a design. I do not start in the computer. I don't 
have the same magic happen when I start in a computer. Something about the fact that I have drawn by hand since I was very, very young has built up this accumulated knowledge. I'm very particular about pressure sensitivity, what kind of materials I'm using, if it's a pencil, what kind of graphite is it, the paper, what kind of tooth is on the paper. When I have the right materials and I have a lot of conversation with a client in my head, things just start to emerge. And then I share those things with my client and we have a long conversation about what they see. And it's a, it's a magical process. And I have learned to just trust that process and not get in the way. And I come up with things that I would not have been able to create on my own. And I love it. It's the best. I can look at logos that I created for clients and say, that logo channels that person's energy. I never would have designed anything like that if I weren't in this constant conversation with that person. Wow, that's that is really cool. I love the your. I mean, I love that that your hand has a mind of its own. Like, and and it, it's probably yeah. I, I would agree. It's probably because of the fact that you've been doing it for so long yeah. that it's a natural thing and it's its own it's its own being. It is its own being. <laughs> that is cool. Yeah. All right. My, my job is just to give my hand the tools it needs the time it needs, the space it needs to work. Like uh, my, my consciousness cannot come up with the idea, but my consciousness can take care of my hand so that it can come up with the idea. That's cool. Awesome. Awesome. So then <laughs> next question was going to be, what's your secret sauce? I mean, is that, is that, is that the key to your success or, but the question was more geared towards your overall, you know, you've been recognized in many publications, but, and um, you obviously work with great companies. What do you feel like your secret sauce is besides, you know, you're good at what you do, obviously. Is it um, communication? Is it just, you know, as a, you know, listening to them and, 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 and getting what they want, whatever, whatever it may be. I think I have learned that creativity is something that comes through me. And so I don't think of myself as the quote unquote creator. I think of myself as the person who helps that creativity come through me more easily. Okay. And when I take myself out of the creator role and I put myself in the, I'm going to support the creativity role, then things flow. That's the secret sauce. Okay. All right, there you go. All right, cool, cool, cool. And then, uh, if you can think on top of your head, now you may have a few, but um, as people that create, they always say the last piece of art was your best. But what do you? Is there any pieces of work that you've done that you're like really proud of, and that you like? Okay, that one, that one's my favorite. Because I started Letters and Liquor with the goal of designing packaging for spirits brands. Mm -hmm. I did just design a spirits package for a company called Loja. Okay. L apostrophe O R G E A T. Orgia is a French syrup made with barley and almonds that is used in some classic cocktails like the Japanese cocktail and the Mai Tai, which was invented over here in Oakland by Trader Vic. Really? Uh, Bars will make Orgia in-house, but it's not shelf-stable, and it's hard to get their batches consistent. Lorgia does a distilling process that adds alcohol and makes it shelf-stable and very consistent. So it's a great product, 
and the collaboration that I had with them was so much fun. Uh, Jen, one of the co-founders, went to Paris right before we started. And we were thinking that she was going to bring back all these examples of packaging. And we were going to use those as inspiration. She brought back photographs of cathedrals and okay. said, this is what inspired me. And so we took cathedrals as a starting point and used that to build a label that is dedicated to the ingredients that are in Orgia. And I'm just, I'm thrilled with how it came out. We got this gold foil. We had these very intricate illustrations of the almonds, of the rose water mm -hmm. and the orange flower water that are used. And they look like stained glass pieces. And you have these triangles that are taken from the arch forms you see in Gothic cathedrals. All right. And then if you look a little bit deeper, there's a spot varnish that brings out a sugarcane texture and a <laughs> hey, barley that's texture. Cool. That's cool. So if you see it from across the bar, you can see the name really clearly. If you hold it up, you can see the flowers really clearly. And then you hold it really close and you can see these tiny details. It's just an intricate and beautiful piece of design. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah. yeah. All right. Wait, is that been? Has it it's been live. Released? It's yeah. live. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. They well. did a big launch this summer. Oh sweet. All right. Well, congratulations on that. Thanks for that's much. awesome, man. Yeah. So then, uh, if you met someone that came up um, that is on that creative journey or looking to get on that creative journey, is there any advice that you would give them as a creative entrepreneur? Yeah. The sign above the temple of the oracle at Delphi says, know thyself. And any breakthrough that I have had in my career has been when I took the time to ask myself, who am I in this moment? Why am I doing what I'm doing? What do I need to do a better job? And as I reflect on uh, why I might do things a certain way, why I might be making the same mistake. Is it a mistake or is that just, I don't have the resources that I need? How can I help myself get those resources? The better I know myself, the better things flow. And to a certain extent, the more gentle I am with myself, I used to be really hard on myself. And the more gentle I am with myself, understanding, patient, the better things flow. I know that I want to make incredible work I know that I will work really hard to make incredible work. And when I don't meet that standard, it's not because I wasn't trying hard. It's not because I'm a bad person. It's not because I'm you know, not good enough. It's just because I need more experience or I need more resources. And if I can give myself what I need, I'll get there. So I, I've learned to be more gentle with myself. So then have you in the past was, I mean, you were pretty hard on yourself as far as- or, Yes. Sometimes it wasn't very nice to myself. Okay. Okay. And then um, as far as, we, well, so what helped you, like, being, I mean, being self-aware, is that just literally just acknowledging it or is there, was there certain things that. My wife and I started going to a marital counselor when uh -huh. we decided we wanted to have kids. And that, okay. Okay. And that, and that helped. Yeah. I was, I was an asshole for the first six months of okay. marital yeah. counseling. Uh -huh. And then I realized, oh, <laughs> Okay. I'm being a giant asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I should tone it down a little bit. Yeah. And what I realized was if I'm going to be more gentle with my wife, in turn, I need to be more gentle with myself. Mm -hmm. And that also was a good insight as we prepared to become parents. Mm -hmm. Because my daughter is going to pick up a lot more on what I do than what I say. 
So if I tell her that I want her to be gentle with herself, I have to be able to do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, it's funny that you talk about um, the marriage because literally like this weekend, right? I was So I just recently celebrated my seven years of being married, right? Congratulations. Thank you. And then the question always like, so what has been, you know, they say marriage is hard and it is difficult, but I have had a really lucky path and I'm like, well, what makes it? What makes it successful? And I was didn't have an answer until the other day, and it kind of goes into what you were, you identified is don't be stubborn for me. Like, don't be stubborn. Like, I could like, we got into a little, little argument, but I was like, I could have kept it going and being an ass. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, you know what? Let's just let's just not you know let's not fight. Yeah. And 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 I was like, sorry, apologize, and moved on. And then we had a great night. It was yeah. like you know. So it is. It's like identifying, being self aware. Yeah. And 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 it's amazing how it goes. And then through your life, it does change you as a person because yeah. it's like, you know, don't be stubborn. Learn or just just you know you, you can't do it right. Learn and, and just admit that you can't do it. And that's don't. it. And it's so tr- so marriage actually teaches you how to be a creative. <laughs> I have. <laughs> I have grown more since I got married, uh-huh. and especially since I became a dad, than I think during any other phase in my life. Uh-huh. And that has helped me to be a creative because there's more available energy to create. And there's less energy going to fighting, stonewalling, mm-hmm. being mad, ruminating over things because they didn't go the way I wanted them to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can just let them go. And that leaves more energy from making things yeah all right well there you go and this is not a marriage uh, uh podcast <laughs> but it, it was just kind of crazy that you talked about that and yeah. what happened over the weekend but uh how do you how, so how do you stay continue to stay motivated are you a person are you a youtube person do you want um inspired by other people that kind of um and actually i just thought of another question after that i don't need any help being motivated, mm-hmm. I need help turning it off. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> You're still looking for that solution. <laughs> I need help. Tra- it, like, I'm telling you, they knock on the door all the time. They're like, Matt, make me. Matt, make yeah. me. Matt, and I'm like, guys, I can only do one thing at yeah. a time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like, you're not a factory. It's like, as I'm a, not. You, and, and as a creative, like, it's a capacity, right? Like, you, yes. you, it's like you can only create so much. And not that you don't want to create. It's just like, damn. <laughs> I have to acknowledge my limits. Yeah. That's hard for me. Yeah. I, I have been lucky in that I haven't ever needed to go somewhere outside of myself for motivation. Okay. Cool. Now, I do go outside of myself to learn things. Mm-hmm. Okay. I read a ton. Gotcha. I love having a physical book in my hands. Uh-huh. Uh, and going back to school was really helpful for me. That program that I did at Cooper Union, I was surrounded by people who were just as motivated as I was. We mm-hmm. all pushed each other in a really supportive way. That was a great experience. See, that's cool. So, so then you do have, um, you are inspired by others as far as oh, not, yeah. and obviously probably by their work and stuff like that, yes. but just, just being around people and, yes. and just that creative vibe. and, yeah. and being, Okay. Just yeah. being a creative who shares his work. And looks at the work that other people share. Every time I'm working in a new agency as a freelancer, I'm meeting other people and I'm just asking them questions about what they do. They're sharing their work with me. Uh, I love those conversations. And I always come away with a little bit of fire like, oh, they did that. Yeah. Gives me an idea for doing this. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. a very natural thing. Okay. Cool. Yeah. cool. So then um, the acronym I have is uh, WIDWID. Why I do what I do. Mm. What is, what, why do you do what you do? 
You know, you interviewed Alfred of Staggerly Goods on this podcast, and I have been working with Alfred for a couple of years now. And the feeling that I have when Alfred and I are working on a project is we are on this journey together and you are helping me make the work that I've always wanted to make. And I am helping you build a company that you have always wanted to build. And I get, like, I get emotional talking about it. Mm -hmm. I love Alfred. And I love the fact that we can collaborate the way we do. It's such a fulfilling feeling. And I appreciate him so much for being such a champion of my work. And I just want to build the best work I can to help further his work. Mm -hmm. Like that, that feeling is the reason I do what I do. All right. That, oh, cool. That's awesome. So as far as uh, one piece of advice that I would like to see if, you, if you're able to share, sure. uh, you say you work with, um, you, you work with agencies, right? So you're, how do you, as a creative on my side too, like how, what's your tactic or to go, how, like, how do you reach out to these agencies? Because I worked in house at a couple of advertising agencies, and because I went to a portfolio school, I went to the Creative Circus in Atlanta, which is specially designed for getting creatives into advertising agencies. Oh. It is a great school. I found a community there that I had been looking for my entire life. I am best friends with people I went to school with. The guy who officiated our wedding, Hayward Coleman, uh, we met in design school. I mean, just an incredible place. And... Those contacts between the circus, Crispin Porter Bogusky, Venables Bell and Partners, uh, I just reached out to my network. I said, hey, I'm freelancing now. If you know any recruiters who are looking, I would love for you to put me in touch. That got me started as a freelancer. As I go from shop to shop, all the recruiters are connected. They reach out to each other. Hey, do you know any art directors that are looking? And over time, I worked with enough people in San Francisco that people knew who I was and uh, that helped me to get in the door. Okay. After that, the challenge was to start taking on private clients so that I could build my own personal practice. Mm -hmm. And I did that exclusively through Instagram. Really? Okay. I started going hard on Instagram uh -huh. and people would reach out to me. Yeah. They would slide into my DMs. Yeah. <laughs> and that was how I started getting work yeah. you know, as a private designer. That's cool. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, like I said, your dude, your Instagram is like it's like inviting. <laughs> so I I can see that. Just slipping in the DMs, man. <laughs> people in advertising and design like to drink, man. So the two go together. I know, good. right? That's yeah. awesome. Uh, so let's step away from the the creative and the and the work aspect. You have you have a day off. What 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 would you say is your perfect day as far as but I mean it might be with some creative but what's your day off like? Gonna take my daughter to the zoo. We'll stop. We'll get a coffee and some lemon bread over on Terraval Street, and then we'll go out to the San Francisco Zoo. We'll see some animals. We'll play on the giant playgrounds. Come home, take a nap, wake up, draw. Build something with Legos. Okay. Uh, and then get a babysitter so my wife and I can just go out and get dinner together. Uh, that's a perfect day. All right. That's that a great day. That's a great day. When you say draw, do you, beyond the, do you draw anything that doesn't, that you don't show? Like as far as like, I know you draw the, you know, the graphic designs, of, but do you draw like general art or? I did 
have a painting practice where I was making my own paints out of natural pigments. Okay. And I was painting Tibetan mandalas without any of the gods and goddesses in them. Okay. And I stopped doing that when I went to design school, but I still miss the way those paintings made me feel. They were huge. And in a small San Francisco apartment, I don't have room for a 90 pound, <laughs> four foot by four foot yeah. painting uh-huh. that if there is an earthquake, like last night, <laughs> yeah, you're going to do some serious damage. Yeah. So, uh, hobbies. Hobbies. What do you do for fun? I play guitar. I have been playing a lot of guitar since my daughter was born. I sing. You know, I thought that I wanted to be a musician, and then I got out of college and started going on the road and hated being on the road and quit playing music because of that. Okay, okay. And for a long time, I felt... Uh, burned out on music. I just, I didn't want to think about it because I had a lot of bad emotional associations with that was my childhood dream. And then I tried it and it didn't work and that hurt. Okay. When I found out that we were going to be parents, all of a sudden music stopped being about me and it started being about what I can share with my daughter. And that was a wonderful opening up. Um, I used to sing her to sleep when she would let me now she wants mom to put her okay <laughs> and we started singing uh pure imagination come with me all right and all right. you'll be and then i got bored of singing that so i started singing a lot of sinatra tunes okay cool <laughs> and a lot of the songs that my dad would play on the piano growing up songs from the 70s like uh wichita lineman or uh, the shadow of yours, man. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. All right. Cool, man. Yeah. See, so that's uh, so you uh, do that as far as uh, the guitar yeah. music and the still. It's still your your your. So you still have your heart in that. It's my heart's yeah. still in it. And now I have a very specific audience. Uh-huh. I don't have to worry if five thousand people come to a show. Yeah, as long as Valencia is hearing the music, everything is great. That's awesome. Yeah. You're number one fan. And that's that's the only it. Thing too. That's it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned books. You're, you're you like physical. I'm yeah. freaking love that because yeah. I'm all about the physical books. You have a. I mean, you may have a few, but you, a book recommendation, either fiction or nonfiction, as far as um, just one of your favorite books, I guess you can say. Yeah, there's a book by Wayne W. Dyer called Excuses Be Gone. Okay. I read that book and I was like, oh, I need to stop complaining. If there's a problem, do something about it. And if there's nothing you can do about it, let it go. Incredible book. Okay. It was a wake up call. Yeah. I'm not perfect. I still bitch from time to time, but I don't waste my time with it as much as I used to. Yeah. All right. All right. Cool. We'll, we'll make sure that's linked up. Yeah. Yeah. The other, um, I just want to say that that's one other thing I love about books. It's amazing. Like, yeah, I'm sure when you read that, that you felt like that book was like talking directly to you, right? Yeah. Like it was just like, oh, yeah. wow. And it, there's, that's what's yeah. great. Grab me by the shoulders, look right? me in the eye and said, all right. Yeah. Seriously. Seriously. Yeah. So that was in closing, man, I have just two deeper questions just to kind of close up the podcast. Um, one is a quick sentence and then, um, the other one's deeper, but how do you want to define your legacy as of right now? With my design work, I want to bring people joy and discovery. When I discover something new, the world feels new. 
And I love that feeling. That's that so excited to be alive feeling. And I want to give that to other people. So when I'm designing, I am looking for opportunities to open up a new world for people. Just a little glimpse into another part of the world that they might not have seen yet. And that, that can feel magical when you get those moments. As a dad, and I started writing songs again when I became a dad, I want to give my daughter tools that will help her celebrate the joys in her life and give her comfort in the difficult times in her life. All right. And then finish the sentence. Matthew is a maniacally driven creative person. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. All right, man. As far as uh, what we'll end with just this, um, well, I know I reiterated your, your social handles. Yes. Uh, is there any other? So letters and liquor. Letters and liquor.com A-N-D. Okay. And if you want to see my portfolio of my design work, it is W-Y-N-E dot enterprises. Okay. Enterprises is a domain extension. So that works perfect for wine enterprises. There you go. There yeah. you go. And then as far are you Instagram, Facebook? Instagram. Well, just Instagram. Yeah, if cool. you want to get in touch with me, just get on Instagram. Perfect. And yeah. then slip slip in the DM. Slip right in. <laughs> All right, dude. Yeah. Dude, awesome, man. Thank you so much for being part of this. And uh, you know, and we'll we'll have that video coming out of you showing you some maybe you making some drinks and, yes, uh, and sir. doing some, some, Got some, some ideas for you. All right, cool, man. Yeah. Thank you so much, man. Thank you very much. <laughs>